0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tales of Lore Starfinder Adventures panel. I'm Leo Glass, Managing Editor at Paizo and Starfinder Adventure Author. And these are our esteemed group of panelists, comprised of some of the most talented uh, and uh, talented Starfinder Adventure authors, developers, and editors on the planet. Uh, our goal uh, for the panel today to really explore the ins and outs of Starfinder adventure writing, design, and development, while also showcasing some of the fantastic adventure products that Paizo has available for the Starfinder role-playing game. Uh, I'm going to briefly introduce each panelist, but, panelists, after I give a few details about you, please feel free to say hello to our audience and explain a little bit more about what you do or contribute any other details that you'd like. Uh, First up is Jenny Jarzabski, who is the Starfinder organized play developer at Paizo and author of several adventure paths, including Starfinder AP-31, Waking the World Seed of the Devastation Arc adventure path.
1: Hi, Jenny. Hi, how are you? And hi, Chad. Very happy to be here. Uh, I have been a freelancer for Paizo for about seven years now, or nearly seven years. I've written quite a lot of material, Uh, if you look through a lot of like Pathfinder and Starfinder books. Uh, hardcovers, as well as supplements and adventures, you'll probably find my name therein. Uh, Before that, I was also uh, a volunteer in the organized play program, and that is not what I do. I am the developer for Starfinder Society, which is our living campaign where you can play a character or characters anywhere in the world and track that progress as they level up and meet new friends, whether it's at a con in Brazil or your game shop down the street, or right now digitally online. So
0: uh, that's me. Awesome. Thanks, Jenny. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up is Jason Thiele, uh, who is a Starfinder Adventure Path developer. He's worked on several adventure paths, such as Attack of the Swarm, uh, the Devastation Arc, and the upcoming Horizons of the Vast, uh, which we'll talk about a lot uh, quite a bit today, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, he's uh, also written a ton of Starfinder adventures, including Starfinder Adventure Junker's Delight uh, and the Skinner Shot series of free RPG day adventures.
2: Hi, Jason. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, uh, it's been uh, a, a fun ride. Uh, like uh, like some of some some of my esteemed colleagues, uh, I, I started off as an editor at Paizo and have uh, moved over to developing uh, when Starfinder became a, basically a thing, and I've been there ever since. Uh, it's like my own personal Phantom Zone. <laughs> awesome, thank you. Uh,
0: and finally, we have Inara Natividad, who is the editing lead uh, of the Horizons of the Vast Adventure Path and an editor uh, at, at Paizo. Hey, Inara, how are you?
3: Hi, I'm good. I am an editor. I have worked on the various great products that we put out, especially in Starfinder. I think I've worked on pretty much everything that is the, that is going to be uh, discussed in this panel. I think, except for maybe one, but. Yeah, I, I look <laughs> at words very well.
0: <laughs> that you do, that you do. Well, uh, let's uh, now that we've introduced everyone, let's get this starship undocked from the station a little bit. Let's talk a little bit just generally uh, about Starfinder adventures before we get into uh, the Horizons of the Vast and some of the really exciting stuff Uh, we have coming up uh, uh, in the future. So I wanted to just kind of start with a question for for each of you, feel free to go in any order, uh, however you wanna do this, but what do you love personally about working on Starfinder Adventures? What makes it meaningful for you?
2: All right. Uh, just, uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, uh, uh, the thing, the thing that I enjoy, and uh, hopefully I won't steal this uh, answer from anyone else, is that uh, with a Starfinder adventure is is different from your regular fantasy adventures, right? You get to go to space. You get to go to a big city that has highways and internet. Uh, you get to have things like game shows and. Um, uh, 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 advanced AI programs that go rogue, you know, you get to do all the fun stuff that you just can't really do in Pathfinder in a lot of ways. Um, so that's uh, the the thing I enjoy the most, I would have to say. Awesome.
1: Uh, I'm going to piggyback off of uh, Keeley just a little bit here. Uh So I agree. Um, I just feel like in some ways, like I love fantasy and I'm a longtime fantasy fan, both with like know games and uh and reading books but i just really like how for starfinder adventures especially society since we have so many adventures coming out we have two per month uh right now and it's just really cool because you can pull from pop culture and current events i have a lot of fun just kind of skimming like what's going on in the world and just random little bits of trivia that i can throw into the game or that people suggest to me and you can make adventures out of that like For instance, this is a slight spoiler, but not really a spoiler. I do have an adventure coming out soon that's uh, still in development that is going to be very loosely based on the Suez Canal incident, but then take it even weirder. So I just really enjoy how Starfighter (laughs) can be both a social commentary and just like a weird mirror to our own reality.
0: Ooh, I like that. Social commentary, but also a weird mirror to our own reality. Absolutely. Inara, is there anything you want to add to that?
3: They both took my, my answers. But they said it <laughs> oh, no. I was, no,
2: no. Y'all said it way better than I could ever articulate.
3: Honestly, um, I feel as though I see a lot more zanier and funny stuff in Starfinder, at least for me, that makes me laugh whenever I'm editing. I often have to kind of just pause and think about, you can't really do that in, in a Pathfinder because it's more like a that societal p- parallel or a pop culture reference that wouldn't fit like tonally in some Pathfinder adventures, but you can fit in Starfinder. It is that uh, that greatness of possibility that it's such a wide universe that you can honestly find a place to fit maybe whatever genre genre you want really, whether it's adventure or uh, some sort of mm. creature, etc.
0: Yeah, and and that 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 uh, breadth of of universe and the ability to explore really does make Starfinder unique, and I think. Uh, that was one of the things that maybe led to uh, the development of the Horizons of the Vast adventure path, uh, right, Jason? And the, the idea that hey, let's yeah. let's go out there, let's explore something that hasn't been explored uh, before, yeah. and let's take a look. So uh, let's let's take a look at AP forty to start. That's uh, Starfinder adventure right. path forty planet. We'll throw up a, a picture of the cover there, uh, and. Yeah. Uh, Jason uh, and Ianara if you want to talk a little bit about how that adventure path came to be and what themes and concepts it's going
2: to explore. Sure thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the... the, colonization of a new planet is is a uh, such a, a science fiction thing that we had not done yet you know we've done a bunch of sort of exploration of the stars going out there and sort of being meeting new alien life forms we done we've done you know the the space truckers with fly from your die we've done starship troopers with the tickless Swarm horror mystery all that kind of stuff um but we hadn't yet done the sort of uh basic not basic i would say but just sort of the sort of hey you go to a planet and you start a you start something there and you build it up from not almost nothing with some some i guess some some supplies and some cargo containers uh and then uh make it into a a burgeoning city a a big nation maybe even a sort of a united planet and uh the trials and tribulations that might come from doing something like that Right. I'm, uh, I'm really and, excited and... to
3: see what people were, uh, were, were going to do with this, too, myself, because mm-hmm. it is that settlement building. It is the players and the GMs kind of building up their own part of the Starfinder universe, in a sense, uh, whatever it may be the table. And it's up to them to shape their uh, settlements to be what they want and, mm-hmm. you know, deal with the problems that's going to come with, with doing all that
2: we know how popular kingmaker was with pathfinder and for from like nearly the very beginning on our list of ap ideas is was the phrase kingmaker in space which would be a sandbox (laughs) adventure where you get to build up things and explore hexes you know decide what kind of buildings you want to put up and that sort of thing and we just hadn't come up with uh, the the right way to do it yet because with the uh 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 we got a. Uh, there's a. There's a. There's an inherent sort of issue that we want to talk. That we want. I'll just sort of get in and talk about it. Um, is the the colonization issue? Like, are you coming to a planet that has sapient species on it and just sort of bulldozing over their their stuff and being like, no, we live here now. We control that now. That's something we definitely did not want to do. So uh, in the beginning process of this, we, uh, uh, me and and Jake Tondro and Rob McCreary, we bought, uh, bounced around a couple of ideas and we we decided uh, 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 we. From that, uh, uh, Ian, 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 and I started talking about like what, uh, how to start with nothing, right? This has to be a planet that is that is essentially got no one else, no one else on it, except for your fellow settlers, and uh, so it comes down to w- from there, what what are the problems that you need to solve? You know, there's there's man versus nature basically, is the and man versus your your fellow colonists essentially as you're as you're maybe struggling for political dominance in a couple places, but it's never overrunning a species that is already there.
0: Yeah, and and when you talk about man versus nature and and some of those conflicts and how to transition and and flesh it out, I think we've got uh, the mole beetle behemoth, a a picture of that that we can kind of show people. Maybe talk talk a little bit about uh, what that creative process looks like. So now you know what you don't want to do, right? Like you've talked a little bit about, okay, what are our what are our challenges that we might face for this ap what do we put in then how what's the process look like for for what actually fills the ap and, and how creatures are designed how encounters are designed that sort of thing how was that done in horizons of the Vest?
2: well we we basically started with like okay well you know a uh, uh, bad flora bad fauna um, we talk about maybe maybe there is uh, some somewhere along the line ancient ruins that you can explore so and puzzles to solve of uh, a mystery of what happened to this planet in the past perhaps um, so we start with those sort of like two and 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 the third one of the sort of like sometimes maybe your fellow fellow settlers not necessarily the ones in your settlement the, another settlement are not necessarily the best of people um, what do they do what do, you know how are they maybe trying to sabotage you and you want to fight up against that so uh, with those sort of three pillars in mind we began. Sort of thinking about like what you'd find, and uh, Ron Landine, who's the author of Planetfall, here came up with these basically these bug things that fed <laughs> through um, a process called eversion, which is uh, barfing up your own stomach uh, and getting nutrients <laughs> that way. Which oh, is evolutionarily <laughs> one of the more bonkers things that actually exists in real life, right? Um, how is right. that good? How how where did that come from? What the heck is that going on? So. Um, we have these sort of creatures that that, that show up. Uh, first off, you, you uh, in Planetfall. To, by the way, there might be a couple sort of minor spoilers here and there for some of these adventures as we talk about specific things and you see some specific art. Um, you start off with maybe a couple like small ones, and then eventually you find out that there's a mama one, um, and uh, this is the, the the mole the mole beetle uh, a behemoth, uh, a massive creature that barfs a massive stomach on you and uh, tries to eat you from the outside <laughs> in, I guess. Nice. Delicious.
0: Uh, <laughs> and R as you uh, were working with Jason on that, do you have anything to add a little bit more about um, just what were your contributions, what like, what does an editing lead do um, in the situations as you're talking through a developer and you kind of see that first outline, what's the next step?
3: Yeah. Once I see the first outline, I kind of think, I, I remember thinking with uh, Horizons of Vast specifically, uh, is there anything that... You know kind of goes against what those intended pillars are that uh that was discussed earlier is it uh are we doing something that might be uh like a faux pas is it something that are we being respectful to the possible um, uh implications of kind of the subject matter with colonization of a planet and it's just keeping that in mind and then after making sure and kind of discussing with people who can give us that advice are if we're doing if we're on the right track for this adventure then we go on to the adventure itself. And as an Eddingley and looking over it, a lot of what I do is making sure that if I were a GM, is this something that I can run well and easily? Does it make sense, et cetera?
0: Right, Mm -hmm. right. And and as far as running it, this is really kind of a cool opportunity, Uh, Jason. I wanted to talk about how this adventure path interfaces uh, with another upcoming book, the Starfinder Galaxy Mm -hmm. Exploration Manual. It sounds like the exploration system from that book Was core as I was editing Horizons of the Vast myself. I was like, Hex Maps? This is amazing. We have Hex Maps. So maybe talk Mm -hmm. about that a little bit
2: how those books came together. Uh, it, yeah i mean i knew that was coming up in advance and that was the also the other reason that made this the perfect time to do horizons the vast because of galaxy exploration manual being sort of in the pipe and coming down so we had that exploration system in 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 play and that's just sort of the exploring part uh where you're going from place you know moving from place to place and whether it takes into account uh you know whether or not you've got a vehicle or uh, essentially you know if you can if you've got a starship you can kind of only just get a sort of general scan of it of an area as you as you as you buzz over it, you kind of need to get down on the ground and go from, from mile to mile looking at each part of each you know, forest or desert or mountain or what have you to get all the goodies that are there right You want to find the the hidden caves and the secret uh, you know ruins that are tucked underneath maybe you know some, some, some cover or, or whatnot. Um, so you got to get in there and so with that uh, we made sure that it was uh, compatible. Right, it's got to be. We can't invent a second system for a book that's going to come out had the exact same system. So I made sure it was compatible. The In the first volume, though, the rules are essentially uh, the essential gist of the rules are reprinted. So you don't necessarily need Galaxy Exploration Manual to play the first volume of Rides of the but you you should pick it up for all of its other good stuff as well. Um, but um, and from there, we then branched off, and I created a separate subsystem for the building up. Of your settlement, how to uh, to build libraries and highways and stuff like that, uh, and how that works from you know as you're gathering resources and going from month to month. Uh, and I took some inspiration from the original Kingmaker, uh, but uh, within this Starfinder, I I did uh, took some of my uh, own uh, peccadillos and whatnot to to to, to make it uh, the system system that I think this. Uh, AP needs, and uh, also could fit it within like eight or ten pages.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's what honestly impressed me so much. Uh, looking at Horizons of the Vast is sort of the economy of space we utilize to get a lot done. There's a there's just a yeah. lot of player agency here and and you you can sort of explore this planet at your leisure and have all these this this great long list of encounters that you can go through Uh, and i just think that's really cool and also very unique to this this ap um and uh it's not yeah really awesome
2: the sandbox stuff is not something we've really fully done as as, as a whole, and it, it's a challenge to develop. I'll, I'll say that, and it's, I, sure. I I can't imagine it's probably you know just as much of a challenge to edit and and hopefully not run and play. It'll be simple, and when you get to it, you're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. this is all good and well. And as as someone who GM'd Kingmaker uh, a while back, I I kind of understood like, like oh, hey, you got to know where they're gonna. They might go you know, completely to the left when when you've thought about all the stuff that's over here to the right. So. Um, what order does all that come in? It doesn't matter, right? There's a lot of that essentially in the in these aps. So this is the first couple volumes. Eventually, there's going to be there will be uh, some more of an emergent story that occurs. Uh, some things that your PCs are going to have to take care of in the long run for sure. And then you, in the meantime, you'll be uh, fostering alliances with the other um, uh, settlements and charters, uh, and and maybe even sort of dealing with some threats from beyond space. Yeah. yeah.
1: Space.
0: There we go. With that's that's yeah right. Space. Uh, That was uh, horizons of the vast. Uh, Thank you uh, both of you for kind of sharing your experiences there. Wanted to also though talk a little bit not only about an upcoming adventure path, uh, but an adventure path that's already out. I believe uh, in the devastation arc. And and Jenny, you wrote for that. You were one of the authors. So maybe talk to us a little bit uh, about about your process for that uh some of the conversations you had with jason when you were getting going and and just kind of what you were really keeping in mind as you were writing your your path uh your volume excuse me but also working with the other authors uh on the the adventure path
1: Absolutely. Uh, So, devastation arc is a it is it was I believe the first high level starfinder. It was in fact the first high level starfinder offering. Is a three volume AP. uh, So it gives you enough of a taste and it tells this like nice. I feel like it's a tight little story arc. Like it's really good. It's got some epic stuff going on. Like we're talking like this ancient you know space or uh, this ancient civilization coming in and uh, threatening the pact worlds. And you as the PCs must stop it. Uh, if you can. And so writing something like that was pretty cool. I wrote uh, the first volume which was called Waking the World Seed. Again, some minor spoilers will probably follow. I will try to not uh, not to give away the whole thing, but <laughs> you know, I'm I'm assuming at this point we're we're teasing and we're getting folks excited or talking to folks who have played. Um so yeah, there's this super sweet art for uh for that cover <laughs> of that volume. Um so yeah, there's oh yeah you know what she seems like she's handling it but she's having a rough day (laughs) for sure um so it was just really cool to have the chance to go in and do something that we don't get a lot of which is high level starfinder and there's so much you can play with i mean we do everything from kind of like wacky like times with living holograms and animatronics to these epic battles against you know (laughs) giant machines and i don't know maybe Extraplanar creatures that are trying to trick you and uh these epic spaceship battles so i would definitely check that out if you haven't already uh working with the other team was pretty cool we had I, eleanor farron was uh volume two and then oh wow I, oh gosh i'm drawing a mind blank on the third and i feel it's, really bad it, if
2: you don't know who wrote it starfinder adventure path it's ron Lundine. That's you know that's what that's probably a good assumption.
1: Fair, okay. So I was in the presence of two amazing authors who are also very experienced at producing great adventures, and it was super cool to collaborate with both of them and Jason Keeley. Uh, it was just just coming up with this arc of how do we make this epic space battle happen and this you know this clash of ancient civilizations plus. The coolest thing about my volume was that uh, Jason allowed me to reveal a very dark and terrible secret about one of our beloved yeah. uh, Pact World species. So uh, Ooh, there was a lot of yeah. conversation with him about the Bantrids and uh, how to portray oh. them and uh, their history.
2: Yeah, uh, what on do those conversations the cover, look the like? Um, what do those conversations... conversations look like? uh that they're just kind of like well uh we kind of want to do this t- uh, sort of terrible thing to them like, we like we we have a you know we have a species that has kind of no past uh at least in as they are introduced in the pack world they they woke up uh from their moon slumber and were like oh hey we don't know who we are or why we how we got here but we're here to be friends uh, and then they zoom around <laughs> and do all of fun stuff, and uh, you know they're 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 not there to do anything terrible. And we, you know, uh, having been the one who who uh, wrote the bantrits for Pack Worlds, i was like, I can't have them be evil in the past, right? Um, but, uh, <laughs> but but I figured I have to do something with them uh, because that we had this opportunity. It was a high level thing. Uh, a a a we were bringing back a a a. a ancient warmongering civilization that people would long thought had been dead the Civ. uh if you've played dead sons you'll kind of maybe recognize that name and then uh yeah. we also wanted to just sort of answer a question that was extant in the setting with that and so you know Jenny and I were sort of like well you get to- yeah <laughs> how bad was it for them Jenny <laughs> in the past and Jenny oh, was like true. oh it was pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I may have been mean to our little no. rollerball friends, but I, I assure you, yeah. I, I do love Bantreds. They have, as chat said, rolled their way into our hearts, but they did have a rough <laughs> past. And that is a secret that I will leave it for you to discover as you run or play. Uh, I want mm-hmm. to actually briefly touch on something cool with Devastation Arc, I thought, is that at the beginning of my volume, we actually have tie-ins. And this was something that that Jason came up with and we worked together to plan. But it has tie-ins to all of at the time all of our other major adventure paths so if because this is a high level campaign we're imagining that you're taking characters maybe from Starfinder society but probably from another home group who you've played dead sons or you've played attack of the swarm and it gives you a way to use an npc or a plot hook that you are familiar with as a party uh the, the gm can take that and like bring your characters in in a meaningful way and kind of have this smooth transition okay. and I think that's super important, especially for a higher level adventure, because not everybody is mm-hmm. rolling new characters. A lot of people are trying to take these like veterans uh, forward and keep playing with them. So I really like yeah. that about that AP.
2: Yeah. And that was the, the a major selling point. For- yeah. Yeah. The, the the I've never all done that up.
1: before. Oh, sorry. We're all talking over <laughs> It's okay. <Sorry. laughs>
2: uh, Go ahead. Who's going? Inara, you say I, something. I don't
3: know. <laughs> Oh, I was gonna say that was the first adventure path I worked on as an editor for Starfinder, and it gave me an existential crisis at a few points because, uh, <laughs> that that's secret. Oh, I was like, did I it? did not, no. Like I said, um, it was the first one that I worked on, and I had kind of this idea of what Starfinder was, and it <laughs> kind of opened my eyes to how not only the kind of that breadth, the perspective that you could go with Starfinder, but also how kind of deep it can go because you have this uh, possibilities for these histories. And also, it really made me wish I was in a high-level Starfinder game because the uh, <laughs> kind of the mental images I was getting of how these higher-level uh, situations were playing out was just so cool. It was just really,
2: really cool.
0: Hmm. Nice, Jason. Anything quick a- to
2: add? Just to say, when you get these high level of interest, right, it becomes you have to make them big and epic enough because it's the PCs are the only ones who can solve them. So it's like everyone's like, "Oh, dip! This is happening. You're 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 awesome and badass. You got to come and solve this problem for us." So that's the reason why they all sort of, no matter what sort of previous AP you've you've come from, you get drawn into this because you've done so much and you're practically you know galaxy famous. Nice, nice. Well. Uh,
0: there you have it. We've got all sorts of secrets and, and interesting ways for mm-hmm. characters to interact with the story uh, in Devastation Arc. It sounds great, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm super mm-hmm. psyched. I kind of want to run it now. Um, but uh, <laughs> moving on, we. But one other uh, adventure path I wanted to, to quickly touch touch on. Well, while Jason, you didn't serve as the lead developer uh, for this, yeah. you developed a lot of the back matter uh, for the Fly, yeah. Free, or Die uh, adventure path. And we actually have some art uh, from the volume that I wrote, uh, which is uh, Merchants of the Void, uh, Starfinder Adventure mm-hmm. Path 35. Uh, and this is a Defrex Roundup. Uh, and uh, as Jenny uh, so, so eloquently put it, uh, the, the thing I love about Starfinder is that it really does give us an opportunity to look at modern concepts through futurism, right? And, and look okay. at some of the challenges that we might face today, but with this uh, uh, science fantasy bent and, and through that lens, and I love exploring capitalism, imperialism, uh, individualism <laughs> versus teamwork, all of those concepts in this, this uh, wonderful adventure path, in my opinion, I've been running it right now, we're, we're just about uh, started book two. We got through book one, and I will say it feels uh, uh, it feels like Starfinder, but still kind of different in a, in sort of a, a way that Firefly you know kind of feels like science fiction, but different. Uh, and uh, I love that. And and what was really cool for me as a, a writer on this is that opportunity, that backdrop of hey, you're space truckers, but what does that mean? And you're hauling cargo around, you're you're doing odd jobs, but you don't have to necessarily be good aligned evil aligned or neutral it really is about just getting paid and surviving uh and and in that there are these all these weird opportunities i remember jake kind of turned to me and he's like so how do you feel about rounding up defrexes and then uh having something interesting happening on the ship once those defrexes are there and i grew up on a farm uh, and, and I have herded cattle before I have I have been all the different points in a, in a cattle drive before and I will say I was like, yes, please let me write this. I want to uh, so bad. And that's an opportunity that I feel like Starfinder poses that you might not see in a lot of other RPGs out there. I, I can't think of uh, I've written for some other things and I will say uh, I don't think that they would say, hey, do you want to do you want to do a, a, a encounter about herding uh, space badgers, you know? Um, and uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I felt like that really makes this unique. I don't know if uh, any of you have anything else to say about Fly Free or Die, but we wanted to to kind of give a touch point because that Adventure Path is out now as well.
3: It, it gave Indeed. me cowboy debuff vibes at, the, at, at, at <laughs> yeah. I was working on it. But also uh, it reminded me of um, kind of, I don't want to make it lofty, but it reminded me of kind of what I imagined like uh Outer Rim stuff would be in like Star Wars. You just kind of getting by doing work when you can work. Yeah.
1: And I was yeah. like, oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. I wish I could also play in this or run it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did not nice. work on Fly Free or Die at all, but it is. I have not played it yet. I'm saving it to either run or try to get someone to run for me. Um, I've just kind of like peeked into it and it is super cool. I love the vibe. I hear so many stories. I know, Leo, like your players live tweet or they used to live tweet about your sessions <laughs> running that. And it was always the funniest thing to see on Twitter, like on Saturday mornings and be like, oh, what crazy shenanigans are they going to get up to this time? So it is it's a fun one for sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of fun uh, adventures, we also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, our new Starfinder modules, the Starfinder Adventures. Uh, uh, Our first one is Starfinder Adventures Junker's Delight, which our very own Jason Keeley, you didn't develop this. Mm. You wrote it. I didn't. Uh, I wrote it. I wrote the heck out of it. (laughs) <laughs> and and this, what's really cool about this is it's specifically tailored uh, to new players, right, Jason? And maybe you can mm. talk a little mm-hmm. bit about how that's different than some of the other products we talked about and some of the considerations you thought about writing something for new players yeah. and to really hook them into Starfinder uh, and, and introduce them not only to the setting uh, but to the mechanics of the game.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's both for new players and, and new GMs. Uh, we wanted to create the, uh, the very first module to be a something that you can uh, essentially you go to your you know your friendly local gaming store and get the Starfinder Core Rulebook uh, and you want to play something and uh, you don't know what to play exactly you don't want to get into necessarily um, a, a long drawn out adventure path uh, campaign that takes you know maybe years to play um, and you're taking it home so you don't necessarily are doing the the, the society stuff so we bought this. Something we wanted to something a little longer than that. So this module takes you know you through a couple levels. Um, but uh, once you get the core rulebook and you buy this module, you don't need any other books. You'll probably need some dice maybe, uh, but uh, but uh, for the most part, you don't need anything else uh, because all of the we 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 kept in mind that all of the everything you would need would be in the core rulebook. So any stat blocks for creatures as you're running as a GM are reprinted here. So if there's a, you know, a Space Goblin, which you can kind of see in the front here, uh, that stat block will be there for you, um, so you don't need to go to an alien archive. So that was one of the first considerations that we, we want, wanted to do. So for, in that, I had to think about like, well, we didn't have to worry about like, well, if we're drawing from three different alien archives, it's going to be a lot of you know, Oh, if I want to take these Kefex and these Kestis and whatever, uh, even if they're from two different alien archives, it, that didn't matter. So that was the first one. Uh, secondly, we wanted to make sure that there was enough uh, advice. Uh, we, we, I, there's definitely tons of uh, uh, sidebars in this that sort of say, GMs, you know, you're know, you about to run something that has radiation in it. Here are the rules for radiation. I mean, not the rules. The rules for radiation are here in the core rulebook, but here's the sort of gist of it that you might need to know um here's so mm-hmm. uh, you know how afflictions work and that kind of thing um uh, at the end of every of uh, the three parts there's like you should probably level up your, your, your all of your players level up now maybe take a, a different a home light for that if all your players are new um and sort of talk over what you're going to do uh point them towards oh you're going to be second level uh, maybe if someone wants to take an archetype there's a couple in the rule book and there's mm-hmm. one in the back of this book they might want to take right so uh everything's sort of. Move, were moved to and and, and sort of mesh together to to make this hopefully a very smooth running and and very fun to play uh adventure
0: wow awesome i yeah. i was just staring at that art i i did it when i was editing it too i just kind of gawked at that art and i was like this is
2: breathtaking and it
0: and it's the art the, of that cover the-
2: yeah. yeah go ahead I was just, I just, no, I was just saying, like the art is is almost like I, when when I saw it, I hadn't actually finished writing the module yet. We got this pretty early, and I was like, "Well, I hope this, you know, I will just have to write some awesome fight in here." Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, we know this is a this is a this is Obazaya, uh, fighting a junk golem, which is actually a new uh, beastie that exists uh, that's that's in this particular um, adventure. While uh, you see, some space goblins in the foreground and some Akeshtis in the background are are, are cheering her on. Um, Junker's delight, and uh, from the red sun and the dirt in the and in the in the foreground here, uh, Junker's delight uh, takes place on Akaton, our kind of mm. Mars equivalent that has had a lot of uh, a, a sort of a downturn economically once drift engines exist. Right, uh, they used to fuel something called Thaseron, which is a starship you know thruster fuel, uh, uh, and now people don't really need it anymore. Uh, so uh, yeah. everything has kind of gone downhill there. It's a little dusty, it's all dirty. Uh, and there are lots of, there's lots of crash starships. Uh, it's a big starship graveyard. and there is a, uh, a massive sort of space with a little city nearby called Kefak Depot um, uh, that uh, is sort of offers junk tourism. Uh, it says hey come through all uh-huh. this junk and take a look at all these sort of the history of all the all some lots of 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 akatons you know different machines and whatnot um and so that's where the pcs kind of start uh helping out uh, going there for maybe check out some of this junk tourism uh getting involved with a, a a a someone looking to find an old starship that's in there that might have some uh uh, uh a technology that uh, could uh, benefit the entire uh system um or the entire galaxy even and then getting involved in a war between space goblins and the kestis for control of the junk and then also there's a uh an organized crime syndicate that's also trying to chase you down so it's a lot of uh, a a lot of different disparate elements coming together to to uh to come to to give people their first taste of what starfinder can do
0: Mm-hmm Mm-hmm. and it i think it really delivers i i i read through this uh as editing lead, and I was super excited. And I think it's also just, it has such great sidebars and explanations of how to run things in the adventure that I think your point about new GMs can easily move into this is just really cool. So I'd love to talk more about Junker's Delight, honestly, but we, we got to keep moving yeah. uh, a little yeah. bit. Uh, uh, so let's, let's just, we're going to hit real quick, we're going to talk a little bit about our free RPG Day series uh, of adventures. And, and we've got an image from Skitter Crash, uh, Starfinder Skitter Crash, which is part of the uh, uh, Skitter shot uh skitter home kind of series of free rpg day adventures there's there's the art for this um i don't i've i've ran, i've ran two of these and i will say these are the most talk about zany in our know, that was Ianara's word from earlier these are uh some of the most zany fun uh adventures because you play a skittermander so jason i'd love to hear uh, as as the author of these kind of uh, what that process looks like and what you've done as a writer, but also uh, Jenny or E&R, if you have thoughts on either playing yeah. these or running these or just uh, free RPG day, free RPG day stuff, please uh, contribute as well.
3: All I know is that every time Skittermanders comes up an adventure, I'm always excited because they're going to get into something. <laughs> or they're going to be they're they're going to do something yeah.
1: very exciting, or they're going to do something that's very cute, and I am for it either way. They're always cute. <laughs> I I love Skitter. I like Skittermanders because so the Pathfinder equivalent to this would be like the Weeby Goblins, uh, the Goblin series, which Mm -hmm. are always fun to play in GM. However, I feel like I I honestly I may be biased, but I feel like Skittermanders (laughs) are superior to Goblins, if only because Goblins bring that chaos energy. Uh, Skittermanders do as well, but they have it in a positive way like they want to help and They cause all kinds of shenanigans when they do so, of course. Um, but it's just like a, a really fun way that you can you know, run games for new people or with experienced people, just get into it, be silly. Uh, I have not worked on these products, but they are a lot of fun to play. And it's like, you walk past a table playing one. Well, back when we were you know, in person in the gaming store and when we are again, <laughs> right. you walk past a table and you're like, oh, they're playing Like I know exactly what they're doing because <laughs> it's just like such yeah. a hard time. <laughs>
0: I ran. That's such a good point because I ran Skitter shot at a at a, a store in Kirkland. Actually, I ran, uh, and when I ran it, I had I started with four players. I ended the game with six because two people saw us running and were like, "This is so cool! I want to play
1: through So I had yeah, to I was like, so okay, good. another. Oh no! Another. I see team goblin. That's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm still team <laughs> Skiddermander. You can goblins are great, but I'm team <laughs> Skiddermander for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, same. I think probably uh, the the yeah uh, the skitter the skitterman adventures are fun to write uh, because you can kind of like delve into a little bit about what's going on with their their you know culture and to sort of give them weird things to sort of go at uh, it, it. It becomes a, a an exercise in being the sh- uh, the straight man as an adventure author because you want to play it. You want the adventures to kind of be sort of kind of straight almost and then the skinner manners come in and just sort of go nuts on it um it does help but maybe there's a little bit of, like the first one was a little bit wacky with you know when a you know, massage machine gone mad and stuff like that but um but they are <laughs> uh, in, in essence they are they are they are comedy adventures and they're they're meant to be that way uh that is a uh, so we've got three of them out and they exist and they're out there there is a free RPG Day product coming out this year, and I will uh, uh, sadly maybe disappoint people and tell you that it's not a Skitter adventure. It is something completely different, but I think it's going to be equally as fun and crazy. Uh, uh, that's all I'm going to say about that right now. Uh, uh, it, yes, uh, but and to maybe in the future look, you know. Uh, but that doesn't mean we've completely abandoned the Skittermanders. They might be back in the future.
0: Ooh, now you've got me really intrigued. But uh, Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll that's have my job. Leave, but, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wet my wet my appetite for that. So I'm trying we, to think what we've, it we've talked is, a little like, bit now. Coming to me. Oh, go ahead.
3: No, no, I said I was trying to think of what it is. It's it not coming to me now, too. Now I'm intrigued too. You got me.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll tell you afterwards. Um, we, <laughs> we we've talked a little bit about different <laughs> modes, then, right? So we've talked about. <laughs> about Starfinder Adventure Paths, which are uh, larger adventures, uh, sort of the campaign format. Then we've talked about the modules and, and now the, the one-shots. But that's a great segue into uh, uh, still uh, our storylines that have continuity. Uh, Jenny, that you do development work in the Starfinder organized play uh, scenarios. Talk a little bit about what the differences are. So, you know, we've talked about those different types of adventures and the thoughts that go into to designing those what goes on when you're thinking about something that is episodic but also linked and telling a year-long storyline that usually culminates uh you know in a special uh what, what what is that like
1: well uh it is definitely a lot so for those who don't know a Starfinder society is our it's our organized play program so like i said earlier it is a worldwide program where you can build a character and just show up at any gaming store any online event any convention O- across the world that has this program and you can play the same character. And essentially we're now digitally tracking that. So we're tracking uh, your character's progress as they level uh, their rewards that you might get like if you earn points and you get, hey, I can, I can play a drown now, or I can get this like really cool thing to add onto my spaceship. So uh, Starfinder Society, each year we have, we, we, we think of it like television seasons. So we'll have like a central theme with a, like a meta plot. So, for instance, the first year was all, um, actually, there is a live play that's ongoing um, on this very Twitch channel that is dealing with this. It is a condensed version of the Scoured Stars plot in which uh, a bunch of Starfinders went on this huge expedition and they never came back. And it just absolutely destroyed the society. And so those left behind were picking up the pieces and trying to uncover what happened in the scoured stars and try to save their friends and recruiting all these new you know all these new people to the society and rush training them so that they would be ready to confront what waits for them in the scoured stars uh, after that we moved into a plot line um with datch who is a criminal mastermind of sorts who was trying to get to the top of Avatar corp which is one of our big uh our big corporations in the in the galaxy which i'm sure a lot of you are probably familiar with especially in the pact worlds Um, and essentially Datch was trying to run a multimedia smear campaign against the society. So a lot of that year dealt with kind of pushing back against her. So, uh, and, and we moved into kind of a year of like general exploration and, you know, the society entered this golden age and and we're now building to, uh, to year four, which is launching this very weekend year of the data scourge, which sees us return to a more traditional meta plot with a a digital a series of digital viruses that are hitting the packed worlds and the Starfinders feel like they're being targeted. So you, when I develop and outline the scenarios, I'm thinking about this big plot and how I can tie scenarios into it without making people feel alienated if they don't know all this history. Because the last thing we want is for you to think you can't sit down at a table if you haven't been playing for like the last four years. That's not true. Um, there are scenarios that tie in and they will have a meta plot stamp on them that will say like year of the data scourge that will let you know like this is part of the plot. But even then, it's like mm-hmm. like uh, what like what Leo said. It's it's kind of like with I've had people tell me they they see it as like kind of X Files or something where there's just episodes that are standalones, but there are tie ins to the main plot. And you know we'll certainly have like a season opener and like a season finale type of thing. But yeah, it's like trying to provide a good mix of thing scenarios that build this plot that you as a player can experience um even if you have characters and what those... at different levels yeah oh sorry what were you saying uh, sorry
0: one of, one of those is 319 think... rats repentance right i think we've yes. got we got to name it that
1: that is correct so uh Maybe tell us a... i was talking about dash oh sorry go on uh, i get excited no, no go ahead <laughs> Uh, so we, we were talking about DATCH, so this is that criminal mastermind I was talking about, and uh, so after after the society dealt with her, she has actually returned as a potential ally, question mark, and so at this point she is now giving out uh, some errands for society members to run for her and to uh, to help her basically prevent a plot she had in motion from happening and throwing the pack worlds into disarray. So this is a quest pack, which means that there's four short adventures that you can run in like 45 minutes to an hour. They can be run in any order. You could just pick it up, you could run one of them and you know not do the other ones that weekend or with that group. You could run all of them and mm-hmm. have it be like a sit down like four hour session. Uh, so this is really great for new players too, because this is levels one to four. So you can play with a pre-gen oh, wow. character or you can make a character level one and just play through this intro, this like little intro adventure. And yes, awesome. this is part of awesome. that meta plot, but you can play it. If you don't know who <laughs> Datch is, you will find out when you play this. So.
0: <laughs> right. I, I love, I love your, your comment about how it's sort of like, cause I, I sometimes struggle with starting a, an episodic TV show, uh, you know, on like season four. Right or or something like that and feeling like, oh, how am I gonna catch up to all the lore? And I love the idea that we're thinking about as we develop, how do we integrate new players into this so they understand what's going on and they have a great time in this sort of episode that they're a part of, but also can be a part of the storyline without having to be (laughs) caught up. But if they are caught up, they have all this great knowledge to, to to utilize, and that's really cool. So thanks for for sharing that with us. I'd love to talk more about uh, organized play scenarios too, but for time, uh, we want (laughs) to talk a little bit about uh, kind of our last version of of, uh, Starfinder Adventures uh, uh, that is very new, uh, uh, but is also a smaller or, or briefer format. Uh, and that is the Starfinder One-Shot, uh, specifically Starfinder mm-hmm. One-Shot Band on the Run, which we've got. Oh, I love this cover. It's so, it's, it's so <laughs> far it. It makes me so excited. Uh, Jason, talk a little bit about what you were thinking when you uh, developed this, uh, working with Luis Loza on it and, and what One-Shots are there yeah. to do.
2: Um, yeah, it was. We started talking about doing these sort of one evening one shots uh, that will also be good for streaming, uh, and uh, I pitched a couple of them. And I honestly can't believe they let me get away with the title "Band on the Run," um, and just because. <laughs> I just figured I, I figured I'd be like, you can't call it that, and uh, I, I expected that they would probably enjoy the the, the plot, but uh, but yeah, here it is, um, uh, and uh, it's basically you know we just, we with these one shots we we want to make the it so that you have the characters that you pre generated and given to you are more tied into the story. So in this one, you play four members of uh, the rock band Neon and Noqual, cool, um, who uh, need to get to Songbird Station in the Diaspora in time for a big gig slash uh, 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 concert festival where they might get their big break. Um, so it it, it basically is, it's set up like all those kind of road trip kind of movies uh, uh, that mm. where where something happens and they need to like make their way through and maybe they get into they get into some scrapes that they're not really cut out to be a part of and how do they get out of it and how do they get to where they want to go so all they want to do is get to where they want to where, where they want to go so uh i basically sort of you know uh gave this to luis uh and um he uh he went ham on it um and uh <laughs> just like if as 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 reading it it was uh, just a kind of a delight to read because there's peppered in a lot of sort of music references here and there like real life band references here and there uh if that's so the name of neon and Uncle ship is called the uh, mama's little helper um for instance uh, uh and then we got to and then once we got that we had to just throw in all the all the all the stuff for the for the the pre-gens and their and their art and it's so good if you watch it i know that dragons and things ran through this last night so hopefully you got a chance to watch it i i, I tuned in to see what the because i know they always do a little Bit of a uh, uh, outfits and 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 makeup and stuff like that, and they looked so good. And I, I I haven't had a chance to watch them do the whole thing, but I'm definitely going to before maybe before this weekend <laughs> is over because it sounded like everyone had a good time, and I'm very happy that people are going to get to enjoy this. And You can buy it now. Nice, you can buy this now. Yes, I, I laughed it's when you talked about the title because
0: I remember. Ian R and I joking joking about, should we care about this title or not as editors? Should we push yeah. back on this? Uh, so I just kind of laugh, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad we were able to, to make it work, because I think reading this, uh, I, it's just super exciting. And also, um, someone asked me yesterday, does Band on the Run incorporate concepts from the Galaxy Exploration Manual? And indirectly, I think yes, because there are some really cool quirks uh, and opportunities for mm. even some exploration and some kind of exploration uh, and some ways to sort of uh, Uh, role-play your character that are a little non-traditional right and I think that that really fits the exploration motif really well Uh, it's not just an adventure about beat-em-up and I think that that's that's really cool so
2: yeah I I, I always gotta say that I I, uh, I have to rely on uh, the editing team to keep me honest because every other (laughs) title would be a joke title if it were up to me so uh, thank you for that
0: you're, you're welcome. We're a team.
2: Um, <laughs> all right, so with that, uh,
0: we're, we're going to have a lot of questions, and uh, we're going to at least have a few minutes here to open it up to questions uh, uh, from uh, all the viewers. But we're also, afterwards, uh, going to, uh, three of us are going to pop in uh, to a uh, question Discord uh, where you can ask us more questions there. So if you want to find out more about anything we've talked about, Uh, Starfinder OP scenarios, and organized play, uh, or Junker's Delight, or uh, Adventures, or the one-shots, or or, uh, Free RPG Day stuff, all of that, we can kind of answer your questions and go from there. But first, while we've got you here, let's take a few minutes. Uh, Are there any questions? Let's
2: find a question. Uh, just to do, while we're waiting for a question, I do want to say there will be, there are going to be more uh, Starfinder one shots coming in the future. Again, we're going to really kind of hit some tight themes and uh, uh, fun times. Uh, can't say more exactly, but uh, the next one, you're probably. If I'll just say this: if uh, if you enjoyed uh, Leo's Firefly Rat- Die Adventure, you might enjoy the next Starfinder one shot.
0: Ooh. mm Hmm. So much mystery.
2: So much intrigue. I love saying mysterious things. <laughs> do we ha- do we have any questions? As a uh, star martyr, uh, did ask a ma- uh, if there was going to be a Mad Max AP with a little tongue sticking out. Um, uh, we don't have uh, that. Uh, I'll just say we do, as always, we have a list of long, a long list of APs, and uh, uh, one of them was a. Uh, one of the titles on there is Junk Lords of Akaton. We kind of hit that a little bit with Junker's Delight. There's a little, not quite Mad Maxy, because that's more vehicle stuff, but there's, there's a sort of, a, a, you know, that feel in a lot of ways in Junker's Delight. But, uh, you know, if we ever come around to wanting to go back to Akaton, we'll probably do something Mad Max-ish.
0: Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else I... If not, we're uh, pretty much at time. So if you have any other well, questions, feel free. Uh, do we
2: have one more? I do. We did one more. We we'll have a couple more uh, here in the chat. trdg 11 is asking about the mechs and how they're going to be introduced and uh, something. Uh, we're, we are trying to figure out the best way to bring them in the mechs into adventures, uh, whether or not they're going to be in a AP or because that's a, a very specific thing right if you want to do that it might be a module it might be a, it might be one shots right. Jenny do you do you have any thoughts about like what if Max will ever appear in Starfinder society in some way or another oh you're muted oh I think we lost you or maybe
0: you're muted
1: oh gosh yeah, I'm, I'm sorry oh, um there. is it working now no I have yeah, to you good to yep. um I have two mics. Anyway, so uh, that's another thing. We're definitely, I think we will see mechs in Starfinder society. I'm just not sure exactly when it's going to happen. It's on my list, but same thing. I'm kind of considering like, how do we introduce that because it's a new, it's going to be a new system. So we want folks Mm -hmm. to be comfortable with it and present it to the GMs and players in a way that's not like really stressful to learn a new system when they're sitting at the table at a con. So we're working on it. Don't worry.
2: Uh, yeah, indeed. We have to figure out the right way to do it and, and the best way to do it so that everyone is uh, going to enjoy it. And, and in a lot of ways, when a book comes out like Max, which isn't even technically out to the public yet, we're, we're working on it. We have to wait for it to get finished to, to a point where it's solid enough for, where us adventure yeah. writers can, and, and developers can take it and, and put it into an adventure.
0: Uh, awesome. Do you want to keep uh, going with questions, Leo? <laughs>
2: Yeah, one, we've got okay. one
0: more quick question. We can we can do uh, it. Let's go for it.
2: We got all, we got a few of them. I want to say that people uh, 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 can ask these questions over again over in the Discord. Uh, does anyone else want yep. to pick one of these? Uh, will we ever see vehicle rules? Yes, you'll see vehicle rules. Keep keep an eye out um will horizons of Vast have any <laughs> orbital exploration uh won't it's not going to be necessarily orbital exploration but there are projects that you can undertake like space elevators and uh, low orbit uh, uh space stations that you can build for your charter so yes and no uh there is also will be some you're not going to be completely confined to the planet in horizons of the best you will be leaving it every so often and exploring the rest of this system which again has no other people in it basically right so what's going on there there might be other things mysteries abound
3: Mysteries.
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome Ooh. awesome well yeah Ooh, as, as jason said if you
0: have any any other questions uh please join us in the discord uh after this Um, I wanted to say thank you, uh, not only to our viewers, but to our panelists. I hope this was informative and and walked you through a little bit of the the design process so that you can kind of utilize similar thoughts when designing your own adventures, but also uh, gave you a lot of uh, excitement uh, and helped you understand kind of what's coming down the road and what's out there already uh, for Starfinder Adventures that you can play uh, with at your tables today. So um, thanks again. uh, And next up... Uh, the folks of No Direction, uh, Ryan and Lauren, are going to actually be interviewing our own Jason Keeley uh, in an interview from 4 to 5 p.m. So please stay tuned uh, for that. That will be following just after a brief intermission. So thanks again to everyone for tuning in. We appreciate you. We hope you have a wonderful PaisoCon, uh and uh, enjoy your day.